Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the newest and greatest things in the X-Men Dawn of X line. I am your host, Nick, accompanied by the very relaxed, very mellow. What's up, motherfuckers? It's Josh! That's right, baby. We're back with another Dawn of X. <laughs> I think you blew out my speakers. <laughs> I just call. I, I apologize for all the accidents I just caused. If you're <laughs> listening, um, <laughs> if you're listening to us while driving, my my sincerest apologies on that. <laughs> well, today we have some great books. We have Way of X number one. We do. That's gonna be exciting. We got Wolverine number eleven. That's gonna be a book. We have Children <laughs> of the Atom number two, and we have Sword number five. So good stuff this week. That's some good shit, man. That's some good Gosh, shit. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing good, man. I just uh I just took a trip not too long ago. I got fully vaccinated and I flew up to see Lady Baltimore again. Did you get um spaded, neutered? No, I got vaxxed to the max, motherfucker. Oh, okay. Um but they did not remove my testicles. Yeah. Which is good news for primarily me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but so I did that. I went to a fucking baseball game. That was crazy. I haven't been to a baseball game in over a goddamn year. That was fun. And X-Men related, though, I was fucking around in like some neighborhood in Baltimore. And there's like a um, like a used thing type store, like not really antiques, just like consignment shop type shit, like just all, all kinds of old shit. And this lady was selling a bunch of comics for like 10 for like four dollars so like i i found a bunch of like mid 90s x-men books that i bought nice excited about that and if you follow me on twitter but if you follow me on twitter you saw that i I also came across a she an action figure that was late that was death bird as a shiar space ninja i don't don't saw that yeah i saw your picture (laughs) i don't know what's going on with you ben well today is may the 4th so I am. We don't fucking the, acknowledge Star Wars I, on this. I, well, what's the shirt I'm wearing that no one could see right now? Okay, he's got. Um, is that all the Star Wars characters? Yeah, this was I got at um Star Wars Celebration a few years back with so a oh. special edition T-shirt. Nice. That is every single character. There's Ray. There's um, the one black guy. Now the shirt's just coming off completely. Whoa. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna put this on our uh on our Patreon. <laughs> that doesn't exist. I'm making one just because I now have footage of Nick's titties and I'm going to make a Patreon <laughs> where you can see that if you pay us $10 a month, 10,000. Oh, um, if you pay us in Dogecoin or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> um, so yeah, today's May the 4th and we had the debut of uh, star Wars, the bad batch. That's oh yeah. How was it? Really good. It was basically a movie. Like the premiere comes out because you know how Disney Plus doesn't tell you how long the episode is until the day of, basically. Yes. Um, this episode was 75 minutes. So it's like Whoa. it's basically a movie and it kind of played like a movie too. That's crazy. Yeah, it's episode one. So it's like really, really good. And this is because I I am not outside of the movies, I'm not a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. Like I would consider myself. I'm like somewhere above a casual fan, but not like a hardcore fan. Yeah. Um, this takes place what after that Clone Wars cartoon? Yeah, it's basically right after Order sixty six. Okay. Uh. Okay. 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 And it's a group of clones that are technically uh, defective, 
So that's why they call it the Bad Batch because yes. they don't look like the rest of the clones, and they all have special powers. Like one has super strength, one has like heightened senses. So they call him Hunter. One's a perfect sharpshooter. Wow. Yeah. So they're mutants. Kind of, yeah. Honestly. So it's it's X Men really. Are, so do you, are they welcome at Krakoa? <laughs> they should be. They're pretty cool. Can they seek asylum on Krakoa? They're gonna need it after this episode. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. But um, yeah, it was really, really good. And um, it's a great Star Wars day. I saw a lot of cool reveals for figures because, of course, I have to get those figures eventually. Yeah, I get those figs. They also showed what might end up being a real lightsaber, quote unquote. Um, I'm sorry, was Elon Musk doing this or something? What the fuck? Well, because they're like showing the officially reopening the Star Wars park soon. Um, They showed off something you could only get there eventually. I think I heard the summer. But um, in the commercial, it's a woman who looks like Ray. She pulls a lightsaber out and then turns it on, and it, the beam actually shoots up. Now, I don't know how this is going to be in real life, but there's no plastic above the hilt. It is light. Wow. Yeah. And actually, I was talking to a buddy of mine just now, and he was saying how much he thinks it's going to cost. And I'm like, well, a replica lightsaber with lights and sound costs about around 100 to 100 to 200, closer to 300. So a lightsaber, at least minimum eight hundred. I, yeah, I I was thinking a thousand or more. I wouldn't be shocked a thousand. I wouldn't be shocked if it looks as good as it did in that video. Yeah. In reality, well, it probably won't. So, w- is it is it capable be, of being a weapon? <laughs> I mean, probably not. I'll save you the video right now. Okay. But um, yeah. So that was really cool. And yeah, it's just a cool Star Warsy day. So we're gonna talk about X Men. What? Okay, I'm gonna watch a Star Wars movie when we're done recording. Which one do you want me to watch? I'll watch whatever one you tell me to watch. Huh? So well, since, since you're wearing the shirt and I am not, dictate no, to me because I know your taste and why I think you'll get the most enjoyment out of rewatching. I'd say Rogue One. Fuck, dude, that's crazy. I was thinking about that one earlier today, too. It's a great movie. I know. I have not seen it, really, since it came out, I don't think. Yeah, that third act, it's still the best. It's one of the best third acts. It, like, blew my mind away. I went to see it twice in the theater. Like, I've I've seen it more than once, but I don't think I've seen it since it's been out of theater. And I own the DVD. There's so many DVDs I own that I have never even put into a DVD player. Uh, There's a lot of DVDs that when I use a digital code, I never touch the DVD. Mm-hmm. again or i'll go oh great it's on netflix even though i fucking own it oh i know and i'm worse with the criterion ones because i buy a lot of criterion just because i like collecting them i mean i collect the ones of movies i like yeah but i have a lot of criterions that are still in the plastic <laughs> <laughs> um did you also watch that marvel trailer yesterday i did not no oh you didn't really no i i mean i saw some of the news popping out but i didn't watch the trailer it's made to make you cry. And I love it and hate oh, it. Oh, shit. Is that the, like, thank you fans one? Like, yeah. we were a family. Okay, I, I started watching it, and I was like, shut up. <laughs> um, it, it's very corporate, because someone in a, in a meeting said, let's use a Stan Lee voice, end quote. You know, something he said that's really nice and inspirational. And remind people to go back to the theater so you can spend money to watch our movies. Yeah, Like, it's... It's cool what they announced, uh, Black Panther 2 called Wakanda Forever. Have we, have they addressed yet, 
and I have not seen it, mm-hmm. what they're doing about Black Panther. I heard they're not recasting yeah. him. Yeah, they said they're not going to recast, but they have not. There's like two main rumors, like in the comics, Shuri yes. does become Black Panther. Yes. Or resurrecting Killmonger and making him a good guy. Which I do and don't like. Like you can have a really good redemption story. Like let's say hypothetically the story is he gave his life to bring you back and give you another chance that you never had. Like you can make a good story out of that. But yeah. also he's a fantastic villain. And you like you would have to like change everything about him. Yeah. Make that work. I I don't like it from a character standpoint, but I would love to see Michael B. Jordan play Black Panther though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that would be pretty cool as fuck. But I no, I I've since since the fucking sadness that was his, his passing, like I I thought the only thing they can do is do Shuri. Like Dude, that like, equally makes sense. She was such a fucking hit. Like yeah. yeah. And um, but excited me the most surprisingly is the reveal of what Captain Marvel Two is called. It's just called the Marvels. I know. So that that means what? Um, Monica Rambo, right? Monica Rambeau, Miss Marvel, Camilla Khan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because the S looks like Camilla Khan's. It does. Yeah, it does. You're right. I forgot. Captain Marvel. I don't know if it takes place before or after Secret Invasion. That could be part of it, too. But I'm really happy they're saying, you know what? There's so many people in the Captain Marvel universe. Let's call this the Marvels. Because that can also imply Blue Marvel, who's a cool character from back in the day and who does work with Captain Marvel a lot. So there's a lot of cool possibilities of that. And I really like the idea of that. But, you know, you're going to get a million weird neck beards that hate Brie Larson for having a vagina. Dude. It's weird. I, I think we, I think I've already said this on microphone. So I apologize, listeners, if I did. I recently rewatched that Captain Marvel movie. And it is still, honestly, one of my favorite Marvel movies. I really what? fucking love that movie. There's a clever ending, a little subversive to who the bad guy really is. And yes. Stuff. Good. It's it's not a cookie cutter fucking superhero movie. Yeah. I think Brie Larson is awesome. I like that Brie Larson's kind of like humorous in it as well. Like, why can't well, she, she be have cool? no humor and needs to smile more, right? No, she was, that was funny. A big complaint when the movie came out. Oh, no, sorry, from the trailers that she needs to smile more from the trailer. And it's like, wow, you're really proving the point wow. of a scene that's in the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I love that movie, and I especially love the soundtrack as like a huge fan of '90s music. Yeah, it's very '90s. Yeah, it's. I think every. I like everything about the movie except the playing with expectations about Nick Fury's eye, and then just a cat scratches it out. I thought that was a little dumb. I liked it. Not like making fun of the audience a little bit. I think. I think it's yeah. I think it's like just tongue in cheek. Like you thought it was this big deal, and it, like he's just doesn't tell anyone because he's embarrassed a cat scratched. A mutant alien cat. <laughs> I mean, why not just say that, right? Like, just say a fucking alien took my eye. <laughs> like, that would be good. But yeah, so um, I like I like a lot of the announcements. I like it ended with a little tease for Fantastic Four. Um, he, yes. Where's the fucking X Men love? There, I think they're gonna bring out the roll out the Fantastic Four stuff, and then they're gonna bring in the x-men stuff do you i don't know if we talked about this last episode did you hear about that rumor about wolverine no so there i was tend to not read about, anything about wolverine yeah. there was a, a wolverine rumor going around about two weeks ago i want to say 
basically saying that Disney Plus was getting ready to do an anthology show about Wolverine. And that's how they bring him in. Like, from, from, from beginning to current day. But everything's been doing it. It's like, like, I don't know if they meant like every season or every episode's a different era in his life, which honestly could work. But okay. I'm just tired of Wolverine being the focus of it. Well, I personally hope when they bring in, officially bring in the mutants, that it's more. Disney, basically, Disney Plus is the best thing to have for them because you can do a bunch of different mutant-related stuff. Yes. And then the movie is called X-Men, and we already know these characters. We already care about them. Yes. Because we watch, like, six different shows. Yes, because if if ever there was a fucking comic book that's already... They're already serialized, but if ever there was one that translates best to a serial, it's fucking X-Men, like... Well, there was a rumor like a month or two ago about them developing a movie just called The Mutants and on purpose not called X-Men. Yes. Like not. So it would be really cool if they find a way to weave it in like, all right, here's a whole show about basically right now Star Wars. Like, here's a whole show about Wolverine. Next month, though, is going to be a whole show about Xavier, Magneto, or even just the first class, whatever you want to do with it. Next week, here's a show about whoever. And then in two years is going to be the X-Men movie. And now you know who everyone is. Welcome. Here's the what you want. Kind of but thing. I, I, how, if we have origin stories of Magneto and Xavier in like the first class, like how has that not come to the attention of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And like, how would it, we have not seen that in another movie already? Well, it's like saying, how have we not seen witches yet until now? Because... There were, we saw one witch and she clearly didn't want to be found. Like, how have we not seen? We, we know Blade's coming in a few years. My, no, That's it's a- not, it, I, it's not that I'm, it's not mutants in general, but like so many of those ad- adventures are like, especially the early ones, they're like catastrophic, like Magneto pointing missiles. That, like, that seems like something that would come up in a Marvel movie. Or that the yeah, Avengers would get involved. I don't envy the writers having to figure out how to incorporate them now. It's going to be a nightmare. You have to explain what happened in the past. How come they didn't help during Thanos? Or you just start fresh and like mutants kind of just came around. I'd honestly prefer that. I know. But like I don't something think about whatever happened, like something about Thanos' snap. Now all of a sudden people are like, being Kane. born different some people but then you don't have mutant history either like then you don't have wolverine history and you don't have like other characters there could yeah that's true maybe not associate it so closely with the thanos thing make it just be like kind of like they did in the comics like there were just a few in the beginning and then all of a sudden they started multiplying that could work faster. if it's like very limited basically yeah. kind of, as much as we shit on it kind of like the ultimate line like mutants kind of just started appearing yeah exactly like kind of do it like the like some of first class before everyone found out about them like yeah they were kind of like on the down low just looking out for themselves and looking for each other and trying to help each other and then like the movie or the action can be the split between magneto and xavier or something like that you know yeah and i still like the idea of the rumor that came out about them being both played by black guys who dealt with civil rights back in the day that would be cool Cause it's hard to make him a Holocaust survivor and not be a hundred. Yeah, we're, we we can't do that. Yeah, uh, if we, 
like they could try, but it's gonna be kind of weird. Yeah, it's no. weird reading it sometimes. And you go like, oh yeah, he was the Holocaust survivor. Yeah, and we'll get to later today <laughs> because you do recall that you you remember way back in the day, right? Like how why he's still a Holocaust survivor, like why he's I not dead. Remember, there's been two occasions I remember in the early two thousands about him being made younger. Okay, maybe they've done it again, but originally they did it. They made him a baby. Like he got like magicked into a baby and yeah. then got magicked back into like years, years later, got magic back into his like 40 year old body. And so I now- remember one time he mentioned magnetic fields keep him young or something oh, or stop his, stop his cells from aging as much. And I remember when I could remember, I could remember incorrectly, but I remember after he lost his powers because of Wanda, when I think Exodius helped him get it back, it also made him younger conveniently. Made him a few decades younger, some shit like that. Because why not? It's always good when you can shave a couple years off. Yeah. Well, it's like how Punisher can't be a Vietnam veteran anymore. No. But Punisher, (laughs) he's not a mutant, so he can't just conveniently right away while while he's not old. Yeah. Um, speaking of all this Marvel stuff, did you enjoy uh, after everything's over? Did you enjoy Falcon Winter Soldier? I really did, and I also did not. That's <laughs> like, fair. I really liked it. I I I really liked it. It I in, enjoyed the corniness of it too. Um, it was all feel good messaging, and I really loved that. Yes, definitely. Um, I love the political stance that they were willing to take, and. I don't love how they treated what was her name, Carly. I don't like her story. Um, I understood her story. I don't I like that they it. ended it that way. She was clearly not like she was more redeemable than John Walker, and I'm supposed to like him again. I'm not sure. Like, I they, think what Carly, the no turning back point was when she blew up innocent people and didn't care. I think it's supposed to be like, because remember the, the super soldier serum makes you more what you are. And I think Carly was a jaded character from her life and it just advanced that. Yeah. Being a bitter character, you know? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I can see that argument and, and I still feel like there was more to do with that. Um, but I really do not like the, the attempted redemption story on John Walker. Not that he can't have one. I just, it, not like nothing happened and all of a sudden they're like hey he's you like him again right it's like uh, i don't think they're redeemed i think you're supposed to know like you can't trust him because the u.s agent as a character <laughs> maybe because i know comic book stuff but the u.s agent as a character isn't known as a likable person or no. a person like he's yeah. just there and he's not gonna join the bad guy side but you can't fully trust him either i yeah i get that um He's and, a tweener, as they say in the wrestling world. Yeah, I, I, yes, I know that as a comic book fan too. But like from just the story that they told, I can say, yeah, I can say, yeah, it did feel like they were trying to just be like, "Hey, he's good. Now you like him again, right? He saved some fucking asshole senators from dying. Don't you love that? We're so gonna try and relocate, forcefully relocate a bunch of people. Which you know what? That was very real. I could totally yeah. see them doing that in reality. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but no. yeah, no, I see what you mean. That like, I think they're trying to make him nuanced. Like, okay, he's not a straight up bad guy. Yes, definitely corrupt. Like, 
a lot of people have pointed out the fact that he still lied to um, his friend's parents about who killed the son. Yes, that's what but, I'm saying. Like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's a redeemed character. So hopefully, yeah, he's redeemed either. I think he'll be. Used, that's not really what they were trying to go for. I think he'll be used by uh, Elaine. I'm just gonna call her Elaine. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, oh shit! What was her name in V? Selena Myers. Yeah. Um. I, I like that she said things are going to get weird. Like, wait, now things yeah, are going to get like, weird? Wait. I'm sorry, wait. This wasn't weird already? Oh, and sorry if you haven't watched Falcon Winter Soldier, um, but I also really think Sharon Carter is a scroll. Yeah, I do too, because she's not really acting like herself. Well, at the very end, at the end credit scene, when she's like, well, now we have access to all the U.S. weapons. I'm like, wait a minute, who are you fucking talking to? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. I didn't think about that. I just figured she was talking to, like, one of her fucking business associates or whatever. Yeah, I think she, I think she's a scroll. No, I think you're right, and that's going to play into the Secret Invasion show coming. So. Which uh, Amelia Clark was just casted for, which I'm like, I could totally see her being, because the rumor is she's going to play um, Spider-Woman. Like Jessica, Jessica Drew? Yeah. yeah. Who is British, so... Yeah. I think Amelia Clark is a fine actress i think you have the right director you can get a lot of good out of her but she can also be real shit sometimes yeah i think she was very good in solo a lot of people don't give solo enough credit i think solo is a fun movie i think she's really good in it you know how i feel about solo i did not care for it but i love donald glover in it he's fantastic in it yeah he like just stole that fucking movie yeah easily um but i think Holy Clark shit. can be really good or she can be like she was in terminator or some episodes of game of thrones <laughs> like yeah it's very hit and miss yeah she like, very much is you better bring it for a marvel content because that's, that's right there that's your rest of her career if if she thought brie larson had it bad there are a lot of people who already just hate her from game of thrones or just now hate game of, after loving it obsessing over it for like seven plus years that last season no made a lot of enemies if you're not used to rants already <laughs> Mini rant. I love this is the how, longest episode, right? Um, I love how Game of Thrones was like just part of the pop culture zeitgeist. Like everyone fucking loved it or just didn't watch it, either or. But if you watched it, you loved it. And then that last season hit, and no one talks about Game of Thrones anymore. No, we are we talk about that. That's the real cancel culture. We canceled Game of Thrones, like just as a concept basically and like they're doing these prequel shows and everyone's like we don't care i don't want it like it might end up being good it's different directors and different showrunners and everything but like yeah i mean that's fine it might be good but like it was like the two guys that show ran it basically rushed the last season so they can go do star wars yeah and then because they got such a bad reception they're like uh we don't want you anymore so like, oh, good good job don't rush like because allegedly hbo offered to give them like four or five more episodes that season and they said no honestly though thank thankfully because they weren't doing good with what they fucking had i didn't agree with most of the criticisms the season before last but the last season i was like okay we're either jumping too fast or that doesn't make sense or that's anticlimactic like the actual final battle of the night king and everything i'm like that should have been three episodes yeah not one episode where i can barely see what's happening yeah where everyone in america is changing the tint on their tv trying to 
figure out what's wrong and why they can't see anything. And I'm just like, I was sitting there watching it and looking on Twitter, seeing all that. And I'm like, motherfuckers never watched an episode of the X-Files, I see. (laughs) They've never been in the woods at dark, you know? Yeah. They clearly didn't have a fucking uh, prop or or makeup budget. So this is what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mean when they leave cups of coffee and no one notices? Yes. Like twice? That's how you know no one gives a fuck anymore. When they're leaving fucking Starbucks coffee cups in shot. Anyway, let's get to comics. Let's get to comics. I might cut some of that, dude. That and like have a timestamp. Like, if you want to skip all this bullshit, cut to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, this is a long ass episode. If you don't want to hear us talk about anything other than X Men, cut to yeah. this part. Um, all right. Let's get into it. Way of X number one. Okay. So, Way of X is by far my favorite book this week. Um, yes. Same. So, real quick, the plot um, the story opens with Xavier like at night and he has this vision nightmare. And to me, I don't know if I, if this is a character that's around or whatever, but it, the glimpse that he sees in his nightmare is is that a character that exists already? Do you know? No, no. This this is who we see at the end of the book. That's Legion. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like Legion to me. No, it's not supposed to. I think he's hiding as the what do they call it? The Raggedy Man, whatever. Not Raggedy Man. No, I I really don't think he's the Patchwork Man. Patchwork no, Man. No, I understand that it it who it is like at the end of the story but like i what i don't understand like why is he what is that look he has? like it looks like he's wearing a helmet or whatever like it doesn't it look like, like a court of owls mask exactly like my note for that is it looks like if fucking the owl from daredevil was onslaught <laughs> uh well i i mean i didn't figure it out but going back it has to be him because after this oh yeah xavier no. looked at picture yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely him infecting because he does it later. I'll get to it. He does it later to uh, Nightcrawler too. Yeah, but like I'm just trying to figure out what that image is he's projecting. Like, who is that supposed to be? Oh yeah, I don't know. Okay, so anyway, uh, Xavier wakes up from this nightmare. He reaches out telepathically to Nightcrawler while Nightcrawler is on a fucking mission. He's leading uh, Blink, Pixie, Loa, and DJ to a what's it called orcus anti-mutant training slash seminary school (laughs) like they're like starting their own like anti-mutant religion also to indoctrinate these soldiers they have for orcus which yeah that's realistic we see it today oh yeah 100 um so anyway during all this as they're sneaking into this compound the younger kids who who he's with and you know not blink blink not included in this but they're basically like giving pixie a hard time because pixie hasn't died and come back yet like they're saying she's afraid to to die and not she's not she's afraid to do the resurrection she's afraid the patchwork man is going to get her and we don't at this point even know what that means also in the one page at the bottom i was really confused i thought mystique was with them with a gun yeah 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 because they have a bunch of yeah so they have in this anti-mutant place, they have like these sculptures carved out of some of the worst atrocities could done by mutants. And that will come back up in a minute too. So during this time they get discovered and well, first I want to focus on that, that groundwork they're laying of the kids treating death. Like it's like a game, like, 
And it's horrifying, especially later, a little bit later. It's yeah. horrifying. Kurt. It's horrifying. Like, and Nightcrawler is on like this is a book about Nightcrawler being uncomfortable with the cultural norms that are forming yeah. on Krakoa. And so that's one of the first instances of it. And so they get discovered. They have to fight off some of these soldiers. Pixie uses her dust to make everyone just like happy. And then she has this brilliant idea that the best way to stop them from ever doing this again is to make them feel guilty now that they're all like pixie dust. And the best way to do that is she lets one of them shoot her in the fucking head yeah, with a shotgun. And like that is later like cheered on by the kids like oh shit she did it like that, yeah, is, that was awesome I recorded it yeah that is fucking nightmarish to me. Um. So anyway, Nightcrawler they go back to Krakoa. Nightcrawler tries to shake off all this fucking craziness by playing a joke on Magneto. So he t- he takes Magneto to the Green Lagoon, the you know the pub, and he tells him there's like this thing he needs to see, and he fucking it's a basically a surprise party because he brought back a sculpture of magneto in his old fucking purple outfit when he's shooting all the missiles off like from the very first x-men book and so magneto though not one for jokes turns this whole thing into an opportunity to give a fucking speech about how the mutants have come back and and we have defeated death and nightcrawler's like god damn it i just wanted one fucking joke i really love this moment because it's almost like magneto one-upping everyone else yes like almost shaming you into having a good time you had a good time when you didn't realize and like it's like the the old father just giving you a speech about whatever and you're like i just i just wanted to make a joke yeah (laughs) like doesn't he bring is this the part where he brings the holocaust up again too no that's in sword oh that's in the next one okay yeah yeah okay sorry um but basically, it's that vibe. It's like, look at what I've done for you all, and you ungrateful motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, mutant fought mutant in the dark ages, and like Nightcrawler's just like, oh god, okay, okay, forget it, forget it, forget it. We get it, it. dude. You walk, you you had to go to mutant school uphill both ways. We get it, dude. <laughs> so, um, so Kurt takes off, and while on his way to, I guess is how I don't know where he's really going. He's just kind of wandering. Yeah. But he comes across a mutant who, who comes to him and she says, I'm lost. And Kurt's like, oh, welcome. This is Krakoa. Everyone's welcome. He thinks she's like literally like asking advice. Yeah. She's like, I came to you because people said you're kind. I, help me. I'm lost. And he's like, oh, just go to the welcome center. They got, they got you taken care of. And he takes off. Um, at this point, things really start getting interesting to me. So like, we come across Kurt wandering into the evening. Uh, Kurt comes across one of Exodus's campfires with the kids in which he's basically indoctrinating all the kids to hate Scarlet Witch. And he's telling these kids, like it's where Exodus is like, and remember young mutants who, who we fear the most thou who shall not be named. And like one of the kids goes, yeah, the patchwork man. And Exodus is like, what the fuck is this patchwork, man? I'm talking about yeah, the Scarlet no. Witch, you dumb fuck. Because we've seen a scene like this before in a different book where they yeah. all chanted like the Pretender and Wanda. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. But this one, they're being kids and they're like goofing off. Like he doesn't have as much of a control over them as he did before. But that's just this scene. And in theory, this is like a nightly thing, it seems like, or a weekly thing where he just 
gathers kids around the campfire and gets them to denounce Wanda. Um, also, before we continue, uh, around that same page, we have an excerpt from the book of We Don't Know, probably yeah, yeah. called X. And it's, I guess, like memoirs from Nightcrawler basically saying, like, I realized this wouldn't be as easy as I thought it would be about making a religion because we yeah. have 20 different, 20 different religions and different sects. And like, it's hard to narrow it down and make everyone believe one path. Like, it's exactly. not realistic. Yeah. And that feeds perfectly into where I, where I feel like the story is going, which is he's not going to quite form a religion, but he's going to help shape the cultural and societal norms of Krakoa. And that will be the way of X. This is how we live our, this is how we live our lives. This is, this is our shared mutant culture now. And like, this is how we should act as a nation of people. Um, So as he's basically spying on Exodus's little boot camp, he, he comes across fucking Dr. Nemesis pops Dude, up. What? <laughs> so Dr. Nemesis shows up and freaks the fuck out of Kurt because he's growing like mushrooms and plants on the top of his fucking head. They're coming. Naturally. naturally that's the na- next step. Nat, like it, Kurt's reaction is so hilarious. He's like, Whoa, my God, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, of all it's, people. He's like, ah, I know. He's like, Oh God. Why? Like, it's so perfect that like, of all people, like you said, Nightcrawler is the one who's like, that's disgusting. What are you doing? Well, it's weird for me because like if you read the Matt Fraction era run of X-Men, he used Dr. Nemesis a lot. But, mm-hmm. you know, he had a hat on and no beard. So seeing like a fungus head and a big beard, I'm like, yeah. what is what is he doing? <laughs> so um, these two get a talking. And he, Dr. Nemesis basically tells him that he's the one person science and research and development committee on Krakoa Dr. Nemesis apparently is the one who created all the medicines that Krakoa gave out which of course I mean he's a fucking omega level fucking mutant like he's the smartest one um so they're having this deep happily remind you which he constantly does in this scene he has with Kurt um and so they have this conversation about where Krakoa is and like what they're doing on Krakoa and he's like, weren't you going to st- form a religion? He's like, I don't know about it, doing all that. And he's also like, why did I tell anyone that? This keeps coming back to bite me in the ass. Yeah, he told only Cyclops. and it just His Cyclops is a fucking <laughs> gossip. Cyclops is a gossipy bitch. Listen, when you live in a house and you have like eight different lovers and someone hears it and they tell a friend and it becomes a scene from Wayne's World 2. Yes. Like, and then she says it and then he says it and then he and the, and the TV multiplies. That's really yep. that's really, that's, that's really, what yeah. that's what Krakoa is. That's why I'm here for the '90s movie references. Yeah, that that's what you're here for, player. Um, okay, and so the the part of the conversation I want to focus on the most is when Doctor Nemesis is talking to him basically about the resurrection process and the barbarianism of the Crucible. Yes, because he's basically laying out that like the Council has discretion over who gets to live and come back and they they're only bringing back people who are strong with fighting abilities it's basically eugenics they're doing like selective eugenics there and i hadn't really thought about that before when you think about like the protocols that they put in and who gets to come back first and who doesn't 
like if you do the crucible, you get to jump the line because they view your commitment to barbarianism as as worthy to skip the line. It's you know? weird, basically. It's, it's very, crazy. Like you, I get because when we first were introduced to this concept, I totally understand the idea of we can't let everyone who lost their powers just kill himself and hope to come back. We have to have some kind of process. But then you go to the other extreme of we have to have a process where you have to fight to the death to prove that you deserve to have powers. Like I don't in theory, <laughs> but I also don't. Why can't the depowered mutants just kill themselves and come back? I think they explained it in that book where they first brought this idea as kind of like a it devalues the importance of being a mutant in their eyes. Like it you makes see, it kind of superficial. I I would disagree though because like. They I'm not saying to, I agree. I'm just saying that's you know, like they, that's a choice. They have to sit there and choose to kill themselves so they can come back as their full self. Death is not a big deal to these people. If exactly. you haven't noticed, I know, but like it, that will be their first one. You know, like they they're making that choice. Man, when one member of the five dies, this is all going to go to shit. Dude, it's going to go to happen. shit. So while they're having this conversation, all balls is pretty fucking easy to kill. Anyway, what'd you say? Gold balls is pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty he's pretty fucking vulnerable. Um so while they're having this conversation, they conveniently stumble upon the, a crucible in in action. And Magneto is fighting that character that he came across earlier, that that woman who was lost. Her name is actually lost. And she says to Night like as Magneto is fucking butchering her. Yeah, it seems a little uncomfortable. Like Magneto is making sure that she like is sacrificing and is showing strength by putting up a fight. Like she says to Nightcrawler as she's like bleeding out that she came to him because she heard he was kind and she wanted to ask him to do this. And the guilt that he feels, he tries to like stop it, but like Magneto kills her anyway because that's what they're there for and the crowd loses their mind and like nightcrawler has this realization that like the crucible is our culture now yeah and it's fucked (laughs) and it's not good and so he goes to the resurrection the next day i assume or later that day she comes back she comes back and so does pixie it's a it's a double resurrection party two for one yeah it gets you two for one value uh and so when she comes back, it's pretty cool because like she her power is like she's super tall, like and lanky or whatever. But like in order to maintain the weight and size of her body, like gravitation around her shifts. And so like yeah. everyone was throwing up except Nightcrawler because he's used to basically his inner ear is not developed the same because he bamps all over the place. And so at this, he has this conversation with Xavier about um basically legion he's he's giving xavier some shit because xavier's basically roundabout asking nightcrawler to do something for him and nightcrawler's like dude you're psychic you already have all the answers you want from me why don't you just tell me there is a line that i really like where xavier's like penny for your thoughts why pay for what you can take yeah exactly (laughs) like i I like him giving a little shade to him like no don't play coy with me i know you i've yeah no as one of his oldest students, like Nightcrawler is one of the ones who respects but doesn't necessarily like Xavier. Yeah, I could I could see that. 
I, I think he likes him in the way that like he re- he respects what he means and what he's done. But I think he he disagrees with enough of what he's done that he doesn't trust him. I feel like he sees the best in him. Yes. But knows who he really is. Because and that's honestly that's Nightcrawler to a T for everybody. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, like that that's a great way to describe one of the best fucking characters. Um and so it basically it he he tells him Legion's out there. I can feel him. You got to go find Daniel's out there. I wasn't a good father. I want you to do it because you're he'll, he'll you're nice. You you're empathetic to people. You have a better chance of reaching him than his shitty father would. And so while Nightcrawler's sleeping that night, he gets the same vision that Xavier had and he realizes it's Legion. And so he goes to Blindfold's grave because Blindfold was Legion's like love in life. That's basically why. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so but that also reminded me, I'm like, oh yeah, no one else knows why they're not actually bringing back. Pre-Cat. Exactly. Yeah. And so he confronts Nightcrawler at this grave and he's basically like slowly eviscerating him. And he's telling him too, like you just said, he's like, have you ever wondered why they haven't brought any precogs back? Right. That's, that's Legion saying that, right. Or was it Dr. Nemesis? What somebody brings it up. I'm going to say Legion. I thought it was Legion too, because that's, they were with the precog. So, um, so he's basically, he's sowing those doubts while he's basically like destroying him on a molecular level. Like that last, that last panel is perfect. So it's the reveal of Legion, like the Legion, you know, like he's floating there, crazy hair. And he's basically like it, Nightcrawler's in agony, just falling apart like a Thanos type nah, dusting. And that's how the book ends. And it's fucking a phenomenal book. No, this ending, because I for some reason I didn't think of Legion when this happened. Like this last page, I was like, of course. Like it really hit me where I was like, yes, this is awesome. And then I had a moment of like, I kind of went backwards and I was like, okay, that's who Xavier was talking about. But yes, are they saying? They brought him back and he ran away or he's never died and he's just been out there this whole time. I think he's been out there this whole time. I don't think he died. Because last time we saw Legion, didn't he blink himself out of existence? Last time I saw, I don't remember how his story ended, but he was in um, the last run of Uncanny X-Men. What was his name that did that? Rosenberg? Was that Rosenberg? Oh, was he in that? He was in that. He came. Okay. He tried to rally the younger mutants to join him in, in stopping um, X-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, now I remember. Okay. Before he could do what Legion did back in the 90s. The last time I remember seeing him before was X-Men Legacy back yes. in like 2000, the nine yeah. we talked about too. Yeah, yeah. So I don't recall what happened to Legion after that because I didn't read the Age of X book though, like the series. I read it. And I don't remember it to be honest. Yeah, so I, I don't really know what happened there, but yeah. So that's how it ends. Legion is here, and he's coming in with a lot of questions. Yeah, a lot of questions that Mystique might be interested in asking as well. Yes, we haven't we haven't gone back to that plot thread yet. Oh, and I actually thought about it for the Hellfire Gala. That would be a great place. To oh, one hundred percent, Mystique. If anyone's gonna do it there, <laughs> Mystique is gonna make a scene. Yes. So I gave it five X's. What did you say? I think we talked at the same time. How many X's? How many X's? Uh, I give it five X's, I think. I give it five X's, too. 
for a premiere issue. Yes, this is fantastic. Solid. Good. All right. Next Where up, we, going next? we have Wolverine number 11. Oh, Lord. So this is the first issue you haven't read, correct? This is true. This is the first Wolverine book that has come out since I've dropped my subscription. So you are going to tell me a story, my friend. I have no idea what's happening. Okay, great. So you know how we were dealing with the whole Maverick situation? Sure. Forget that. Shut up. You're stupid. Why are you even thinking about that storyline we've had for four issues? Because we're back at the vampires. God damn it. I'm so glad. Oh, God. <laughs> so this book opens up. I don't know how to where I even start. Okay. So Wolverine is hunting vampires. Again? Yes. Hunting vampires, killing them, burning them, all that good stuff, right? Then we have, to me, the most interesting aspect of this whole story. Omega Red. Remember last time we saw Omega Red? They purposely killed him so he couldn't remember that they know that he's infiltrating the group. So he wakes yes. up and sees a bunch of kids scared of him. And he's kind of like, well, they think I'm a monster. like Because the little kids called him a monster. And he's like, what? And he kind of felt offended. And a part of it was like, is it because he feels like I thought all my sins were wiped away? And now the kids here call me a monster too. And what I really liked is monster. I'm not the monster. He is. And the next page you see Wolverine. Don't so, I could, so I kind of like the idea of him going like, they think I'm a monster. This guy's done just as much bad shit as I did back in the 90s, basically. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So he goes into the ocean thinking no one knows where he's going while Beast um, and Wolverine are tracking him. And he goes below the ocean to a secret cavern, I guess. Where so how does he go? Like, I, okay, I mean, I guess he doesn't need to breathe, right? Yeah. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. The artwork is really weird, but he's in a plane. That's weird. I just realized that. So he's not in the ocean. He's in the sky. He's in the sky first. Then he goes into the ocean comes out and the vampires are there okay now it makes more sense but like i don't know if you can see this but that looks like water right uh no it looks like he's jumping out of a plane though uh, all right, maybe whatever i was in when i was reading this but um could be, could be. yeah it's, it's definitely a plane then he goes into the water and comes out on this island and talks to the vampires and sees dracula and dracula's like let's make sure we're alone and actually goes inside his brain Oh, shit. Yeah. And because they resurrected him without any information, they don't know that he's being tracked because he doesn't know. Yeah. So that, that aspect is a little cool. Um, and basically, we find out that Dracula is trying to perfect usage of Wolverine's blood by taking vampires, injecting them with his blood, but Wolverine's blood, while exposing them to vampire weaknesses. So you can keep adapting it until it works. I don't think that's... Uh, is that don't, science? Don't, that's not. Okay. So Wolverine goes back to the vampire slayer priest we met in that one issue. Okay. Uh, he goes to the, to the woman that we met last time and explains what's been going on since they left. He said a bunch of vampires... She said a bunch of vampires attacked their headquarters one day and they barely escaped with their lives. Then later in the issue, Wolverine and her bumbatoon old lady and that same vampire slayer turns into a vampire and bites the old lady. 
And Wolverine's kind of like, uh, I thought you said you survived the attack. And she's like, I didn't, but I'm still good. I'm not a bad guy. She just ate an old lady. She only bit her. She couldn't help herself. Okay. Cut to a professor working with bats in a lab. And that's where it's revealed that he's working with uh, Dracula, trying to help perfect what this plan is about manipulating Wolverine's blood and his blood and vampire DNA. But he's only been testing it on freshly made vampires or rats or other animals. And Dracula's like, no, 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 use it on humans, not the homeless, not weak people, good, strong people. And grabs the professor's assistant, makes him to a vampire and says, test it on him. So during all of this, Wolverine, for some reason, is letting this vampire slayer lady drink his blood to make her not go crazy because she can't help herself. While other people in her vampire slayer order are watching from afar. Jesus Christ. This is the dumbest story I've ever heard in my life. And um, it actually ends with Omega Red volunteering voluntarily going to beast saying i have something to tell you so i do like the idea that omega red is like feeling guilty and he like he does want to be part of this now mm, i don't trust it yet though not yet no but um oh, oh also there is a scene i just forgot where where wolverine's asking beast questions and he's kind of beast is kind of like why do you have to know like what, what are you asking these questions for and he's like because you said we're the cia of mutants but you know what problem with the cia they think they're above the law and they have no one to answer to and what's going to happen when you feel like you have no one to answer to so they're still laying that groundwork of like beast doesn't always do the best thing yeah and beast even proposed an idea to wolverine about infecting blood and letting them capture, letting the vampires capture Wolverine while he has infected blood and using this whole fungus thing to eliminate all vampires. So it's very lightly touched on, but Wolverine, uh, Beast is talking about genocide. Yeah, that's that's technically genocide. And Wolverine goes, no, 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 that's stupid. Listen, we'll do it my way, which is hack and slash. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's not going to, he won't kill the entire race of vampires with basically like a disease that he gives to the community yeah so that's weird <laughs> like and, like his name is ronald reagan or something yeah um so that's the issue um two and a half x's i give it zero x's based on that story. <laughs> it's dumb as fuck it's something like again i felt the omega red stuff was more interesting than the wolverine stuff if it plays out like you're describing it for sure, it, it, that'd be really interesting. Or, or like a, an attempting to redeem himself, Omega Red, that would be pretty interesting. Well, the one panel we see it, I kind of felt like he was looking at these kids like, I want to join in. I, I want to be accepted like everyone else is accepted. Like, what's going on? And they still see me as a monster. Like, maybe I have to prove myself, you know? Because hmm. like, he didn't seem like he liked being kids being frightened of him. He seemed kind of offended. Interesting. Yeah. So that's the thing. Next up, we got Children of the Atom number two. Now, you told uh, me earlier you might have a controversial opinion about this issue. I do, and this goes back. So I, I think. Okay. Compared to our last review, though. I'm wondering if it's the same controversial hot take. Um, uh, go for it. 
All right. So let's talk about the story first. So the book opens with the Avengers visiting the Krakoan embassy in New York. There they find Mystique and Multiple Man. For I don't know why. But Mystique is the perfect one to start handling this because the this Avengers lineup is Captain Marvel, uh, Iron Man, and Captain America, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, and so Mystique is basically like, what the fuck do you guys want? And the Avengers are there to ask Krakoa what they are doing about these like rogue mutants that are coming across the tabloids and newspapers because they're fighting villains, but making a mess. And Mystique just keeps saying, are you threatening us? Are you threatening me? That sounds threatening. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Mystique is looking for a fucking fight. Um, and so there's like a, a lot of back and forth, a lot of dick measuring going on between. I might have to explain it to you. Do you know why they don't like these kids doing it? Oh, no. What did I, what did I miss? Um, they keep mentioning the, I think this is the Kamala act or something like that. But basically, oh, yeah. What happened with that? They did mention that. What is exactly? I know there was an incident in the Champions comic, which is basically Marvel's Teen Titans. Yes. And they fucked up and had a Civil War-esque type incident where the government basically agreed kids can't be superheroes unless they're trained. It's not mm-hmm. all superheroes that be registered or anything, but kids can't do it. That is a crime. And basically, even though it doesn't make sense that Captain America would ever agree since there was a whole fucking Civil War, but whatever um that's been a thing now that kids can't do it so because these are figured i figured that's what it meant by kamala's law i figured they meant kamala khan yeah so because they're mutants they want to go through the mutants about this but because they think they're mutants um but because they're kids that's actually the crime part of it okay so yeah i mean so that's why the avengers are there they're basically saying you you need to take care of this or we're going to have to yeah, and Storm gets involved and basically says, "You may kindly leave." With the weirdest art for Storm, like I don't know if it's really good or really bad. I feel that way about the art in general for this book. Like I don't especially know if especially I, Storm. Yeah, especially Storm. But I, because there are some panels with Storm that are really gorgeous in that book, and then there are some that are like, "Why is her head that long?" Yeah, um, why she was snout? Yeah, um, but anyway, so they leave. Uh, Storm, as they're leaving, Storm says to Mystique, I need, you're good at locating people. Uh, I need you to find these kids. Because, as we remember, Cerebro can't find them uh, for a a kind of obvious reason. Um, And so the rest of the story follows the kids, these young X-Men. And they follow it from Gabe's perspective, whose codename is Cherub. And all their codenames are the fucking worst. Which they acknowledge. They, which makes it fucking worse. Like, I know, again, I keep going back to this is this book isn't for me. I'm 37 years old. Like, but these kids fucking annoy me. This um, issue annoyed me less because, especially in this part with Gabriel. Gabriel no, it's Gabe, sorry. Um, well, yeah, it's short for Gabriel. I mean. Oh, yeah. So in this little part, I did enjoy Maybe because I relate more because I'm a black man, that's what the, the perspective. Oh no, no, no! I'm not like he doesn't annoy me when he's talking about his backstory. Like their interactions with each other annoy me. Yes, they they're very fanboys. But there's a little part where he talks about seeing X Men and finally understanding 
that he doesn't have to be defined by what people expect from him. And he sees all the different issues in the world in the X-Men sees that people are different and freaks, but they embrace it. Yes. That's how as fans, most of us feel about the X-Men. So exactly. I like, I like that he was expressing that and like they're on their way to a Dazzler concert. Yes. As I was going to say, uh, he's getting right. He's doing all his chores around the house before he heads out to a, um, a Dazzler concert. But I wanted a, a piggyback off what you're saying though, is in that narration where he's talking about how the X-Men made him feel all that. He never said anything about feeling like he was a mutant. Yes, that is true. Like the other Cyclops lass or whatever the fuck her real name is. I can't remember right now, but like in her background story, she basically said, that's when I realized what I was. And Gabe was like, that's when I realized they were pretty cool. Basically. You know what I mean? Like, um, so anyway, they go to the Dazzler concert, which is fucking awesome. And they run into that other basketball player whose name is Cole. And Cole is the one, remember, who like knocked him down in the last issue and was super fucking strong. Yes. And he, so he talks to Gabe and Gabe's like, why are you at the Dazzler concert? And he tells him this moving backstory, which we get to basically where he was in the hospital nearly dying, which they keep alluding to. And Gabe would visit him and listen to this one Dazzler song over and over again. And it's like, it made him smile and felt like he got into Dazzler because it gave him hope. And then he says to Gabe, oh yeah, I'm better. My, my parents put me in like a special treatment or whatever. And I forget yeah, what mean power. He has some kind of powers. Yes. He, he fully alludes to basically he was government tested on. Yeah. Um, super soldiered or whatever. And so before, before these kids can go see the Dazzler concert, they get an alert from their Oracle or their Sage, I guess we should keep it with the X-Men, their Sage. And um, he tells them the Hell's Bells are attempting to get out of the prison. That's the group of depowered mutants that we met at the, that they got arrested last time. And so they decide they got to don their costumes and go stop these ladies from getting out of jail. When they get there, they now have backup in the form of Briquette, who is giant. I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you get ads on your digital version? I do like, not know. No? So no. on the page, when they actually get to the jail, there's an ad that I fucking love. Uh, Dr. Doom is getting married. Um, and there's a little like royal invitation. And it says, royal decree. Your presence is demanded at the wedding of Supreme Lord Victor Von Doom. May 2021. RSVP, yes or yes, Lord Doom. <laughs> Trespassers will be executed during the reception. That's it. All right. I All fucking right. love that. That's, <laughs> great. That's fucking good. Yes or yes, my Lord. That's too funny. So they get there, they find Briquette. Uh, Cyclops last immediately starts standing over um a mutant being there uh, they're like on one time yeah yeah they're like oh i wrote the wikipedia article about you or something like that um and so they get their ass kicked basically these kids um and they try to gracefully retreat and like they did last time they did not go far enough 
and Burkett burst through a wall Kool-Aid man style and fucking uh, is about to fucking kick their ass when Storm, Toad, and who I think is Husk shows up. That was Boom Boom. She's silver when they first show up. Oh, is she? Okay. Look when Storm shows up with the gang. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. She's silver and spiky. Yeah, that spikes confused me. So, like, if, if you know who that is, if it's not if it's not um, Husk, then hit us up on Twitter. I think next to them is Outlaw, maybe? Yeah, that's, yeah Outlaw is there, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's Toad, Outlaw, and uh, what I believe is, is Husk. Right. And so Storm is basically like, all right, all right, enough of this. Why aren't you all on Krakoa? What the fuck is happening? And she's talking to the Hell's Bells. And they're like, we can't go back. We don't have powers, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And because it's not a known thing that they have these resurrection protocols, she basically explains it. Like, no, you can go back and be whole. Like, we can make you whole. Go home. And so, who I believe is Husk, opens up a Krakoan gate, and they go to Krakoa, and then Storm once again offers these kids a chance to go to Krakoa, and they they once again are like, no, I can't do it. And so Storm gives them a communicator so they can, she can find them again because Cerebro can't. And she tells them, if you're ever in danger, use this. We'll come for you. And again, Cyclops Lass is fan, fanning over, over the memorabilia of it. And so the book ends with the kids once again attempting to go through a gate. We don't know how it ends, but I'm going to assume how it ends. They're back at that Coney Island gate too. Um, and yes. Yeah. So, personally, I enjoyed this a lot more than the first issue. I did too. But I think my issue comes very similar to our issue with um, X Factor, where I feel like the writer wants to write a different book. But because they're in the X-Men universe, they say, okay, I'll adapt it for this universe. Yes. And I'll make it work in this universe. And I think the, the more I thought about it since the last issue, the more I don't actually like the metaphor i'm with you that's that's my hot take too yeah because mutants are a different species i I see okay we're coming from it from different perspectives too so mine is and we and we've been laying this groundwork and we just did it in way of x too i don't see it any differently right now than somebody saying i'm trans black yeah and we both agreed last time that that's not a fucking thing. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is because the mutants have a culture. Like and they're, they're just imitating mutants they like. Yeah. Like, but they, but that the mutants right now have a culture. Yeah. They have a set. They have beliefs. They even before they had went to Krakoa, they they had Utopia. They had fucking uh, Genosha. They've had the mutants are a race. In, yeah. it, in the Marvel universe, like that's how they're portrayed. They're a race, and they have some shared. Like they clearly have shared fashion sense. They're all dressed crazy. <laughs> like they have. They're presented as a culture, and they have been since before Krakoa. And like, to me, that's one of the main reasons you can't be transracial because it's a culturally you can't 
you you can't you can't get that you know like to say like oh i i feel like i'm a woman or i feel like i'm a man yeah that's a brain thing that's a your body telling you a thing but like your body can't tell you i grew up with these shared values from other members of my my culture you know what i mean like well to play devil's advocate a little bit some people say the same thing about trans men and women that you can't have the same experiences growing up because you didn't grow up a man or a woman and there is a culture when you are raised a man or a woman there are things that are different that you don't experience unless you were raised we don't we don't accept them as cultural as we do the shared suffering of of you know black americans you know like the from that from that journey or like i agree with you i'm just saying that's like a fair argument people might have but I, because I don't, yeah, it can come out as an argument, but I don't, I don't think it holds up because I don't, as a, as a man, I don't, I'm not part of a man culture, you know, like there's lots of different men, like not every, like there are gay men, you know, like there are not shared cultures in gender as there is in, in race. And, in, in, yeah, in, no, I agree. And that to me is why I'm like, I don't, I don't, think these kids should go to Krakoa if they're not really mutants I think this story will lead to showing hypocrisy on the mutant side I think that'll be the point yes because someone might say hey how come you don't feel the same about these kids anymore now you know they're human not mutant yes I care are you really the bigot are you really yes I 100% seeing that happen and I I, a thousand percent get that argument yeah. That like, oh, when you thought they were a part of your race, you cared. But now that they're technically human, you don't want to check in on them. You're not quite sure. You're not, you don't feel the same about their welfare anymore. Yeah. Like that is, that is racism. <laughs> like Now, based off that issue though, just the issue itself, I did enjoy, I felt it was a little more focused. Um, I felt like how inexperienced they are was shown better in this issue. I feel like I actually care. At least I care about at least one character now. Yes, they they did a damn good job of of making not only making Gabe a sympathetic and, and good stand-in character, but they also did a great job of making a like well-rounded fucking black character in a book, a black man in a book too. You know what I mean? Like well, I love like, that whole point where he's like, people just assume this about me and that exactly. about me. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm fine. My life is good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have good grades and I'm a good kid. It's not because yeah. of the X, Y, and Z. And it's good when I look at mutants because we all have our escapisms of different things of Star Wars, Marvel comics, whatever comics. I like things like when I found this, this made me feel more whole and like accepted and not have to be looked at like X, Y, and Z. Because I've yeah. had those experiences in my life, my whole life being a geek, you know? Yeah. So that, that yeah. is really cool. So I, I gave that one um, three X's, I think. I gave it three X's as well. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have sword number five. Um, this is a, a, it's a weird issue, but I still enjoy it because I feel like it's laying the groundwork for a lot of fun stuff. I think it is too. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm very confused about this story. So go ahead and start explaining it. I'm going to get some water. And then we got to talk about what the fuck is going on at this council meeting. <laughs> so in this issue, we basically have the reptile aliens we met, I want to say two issues ago in S.W.O.R.D. 
and they're trying to talk to the supreme intelligence, the leader of the Kree Empire, about helping them take over the throne in this family squabble they're having. And in the meantime, someone assassinates the character in front of the supreme intelligence. Yep. We don't know who. We don't know who. Yeah. Then the issue continues where we see- I love the reveal though, sorry. We see Jean in her 90s outfit, which I was like, are we all just picking our 90s stuff now? Because Storm was in her classic kind of white outfit and Jean's in this outfit. It's just like this week is 90s week. Maybe because Magneto's also in purple. In this issue? Yeah. Did I not realize that? Unless there's something wrong with mine. Oh, you're right. Yeah, totally. You're right. Like he's been wearing the white outfit since the whole we time. started. And in this issue, there's nine. Yeah, it's 90s week. All right, cool. So uh, Fabian Cortez has uh, been resurrected. But, but doesn't that seem suspicious? That they're yeah. all just doing it? That is weird. Maybe there's more to this. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Um, and they they free Cortez. He's been resurrected. And they say, hey, this is going to be a council meeting like you wanted. And he's like, do I get to put clothes on? No, 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 no. We're going. And <laughs> this issue, that's when it starts off weird. Because we have people in 90s clothes. We have Fabian giving a speech to the council butt-ass naked. We have Abigail in her most dominant boss bitch lesbian clothes I've ever seen. And I, and I say that in a good way. No, her, her outfit was fucking fire. Yeah. Like, love I loved her outfit. Um, like that is a comp like for those listening, that is a compliment that Nick paid. Yeah, definitely. Um, then we have uh, again Magneto, so happy to have one of his oldest friends back. I love it. He's fucking called him Peepers. Yeah, and Peepers is here, and I love Baby. Like, why is he here? Because I value his input, Peter. <laughs> is a is a because quite the vision of a man. <laughs> God, it's so amazing. Yeah, I love that. And then then Fabian, before I get into the alien stuff, Fabian goes in this whole thing about let's rethink this whole murder thing and brings up basically in a nutshell the idea that it's not a big deal murdering humans because they're really already dead. We conquered death. We don't have to worry about that shit anymore, but they can't. And really, they're going to die eventually while we continue to grow. So really, let's reconsider death. It doesn't matter. Murder shouldn't be a thing because not really murder because they're dead. Yes. Um, now, before I get to the result of that, let's cut back to what's happening with the aliens. We have two of the reptile aliens talking about what's happening to the other ones. So they're all being killed off. And finally, one of them was going to kill their, I think, brother. And then they're killed right before they could do that. And then we see a mutant who... At first, I'm like, oh, shit, Hope is here, but it's not Hope. <laughs> no. Um, and then she slits the throat of that reptile creature after saving them, right? Uh, no, I think she, no, she threatens her. She said, when she Wait, goes that, that, to, yeah, go ahead. When she goes to the council, she basically says, yeah, we got them under control. She basically says, you're on this throne and if you don't okay so i'll make sure like that is the one they were referring to yes yeah the yeah. one she saved okay good yeah. so we see a mysterious person stab the rival of this main reptile alien that's now going to be in charge so cut back to the council meeting but butt naked fabian cortez that, pleading his case but you 
you know do you know who that mutant is though or you are like are you saving the reveal or i don't personally know who they are but I was oh, that's, say- that's amelia voigt you remember like she was like one of xavier's love interests at one point or like i, before, know I, I think before he started the x-men she was like his his bow oh i, I didn't know no. yeah yeah she was um, like she came about in the 90s i think so this leads to something I do love. I feel like we have a council meeting just to shit on Fabian. And he's just finding this out. Yeah, because at some point, Xavier says, stop messing with him now. Yes. And I'm like, wait a minute. So before all this happens, I like that. Um, what do you call him? Peepers? Yes. Uh, ask Fabian, what's your name? Like your mutant name. Like, what is, like We all have a name. Not to hide behind, but like the show we're proud who he is. Again, like a culture. <laughs> yeah. And he explains why he uses his real name and everything he's been through. And Magneto basically is like, compared to me, have you really been through a lot? <laughs> yeah. Which also is a not a fair comparison. Most people haven't been through the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> like Magneto now for the rest of eternity has the ability to just constantly one-up everybody in suffering. Yeah. And then I can't find it now. There was a line where he's like, we, we had to have scraps for the family table, barely six figures, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, barely six figures. <laughs> yeah, he's such a fucking piece of shit. And when he's kind of snapping and saying how he's vital to Krakoan society, I love the little part where uh, Sinister's like, I love it. This is great. Like... Yeah. We're watching a guy have a breakdown moment. Yeah. And I kind of felt bad for him. Like, they're just picking on him. Which also feels weird. It feels a little sinister, a little weird. And, like, there's even a part with, um, uh, I guess he's not catatonic anymore, but there's a part where Sebastian Shaw is, like, laughing, like, smirking at this guy. Yeah, right? Like, even Sebastian says, this is beneath you. And he's like, no, I am the future. I want respect. I want what's owed to me. And then a purple light flashes. It's like, uh, no, this is your replacement right here. And it is a character from Akaro, right? Yeah. So we haven't met this person before, though. No. They weren't in Ex of Swords, but they're from that island. Yes. I've forgotten their name already. Shit. And then I was really confused. I thought that was the ending because in my book, it goes that splash page of her debuting or him. It's like her. I think it's her. And then it's like three pages of ads. So I thought that was the end of the book. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I get an ad for Fantastic Four Life Story. Remember you read Spider-Man Life Story? Yeah. Yeah, they're doing a Fantastic Four version of that. Oh, interesting. Cool. That'll be cool. But um, who's doing after it? a few pages, Mark Russell, I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Name's um, interesting. Fabian's like, wait, what? What do you mean? And I, I love this moment because I, I just feel bad. Like now they all walk away with this naked man standing in the middle of the council and they're just doing their own thing now. Okay, so my my truly my main question about this whole thing was Magneto called this council meeting and it was heavily implied that it was Magneto's idea to reconsider this rule. But then it seems like he did all this just to prove a point that he's not like that anymore, almost. Is that what this was all about? Like There was a line somewhere. Um, it was something... 
I know Where he's Sabian implied that he knows what they're really planning. Cause that's when that's when Sebastian Shaw smirked. Uh, without me, there is no more expeditions to hype to higher space. Uh, none of your precious Mysterium. And don't think I don't know what that's for and what it will bring us. So there's an ulterior thing happening. Yes. And there's a whole part where he's like, today, oh, we should talk more about manslaughter and negligence that isn't just flat out murder, like more nuance to what we call murder. But today we're talking about murder. And I know murder. I've done all these things. And it was it's it's a weird vibe. I didn't like, I I didn't understand what the point of this was really. Like a part of it, like maybe there's like a cautionary tale to anyone else trying to think outside the box too much that we know and we're gonna humiliate you. Maybe, or is this real? Is there's this- definitely credence to say this isn't real because everyone's acting slightly out of character right but we see also these new characters yes ends with magneto going back to the sword base and i guess seeing more of this mysterium i guess that's what that is too i don't know it looked like um like a garden or something i don't know what the fuck it i is. thought like a coal mine kind of thing mm, good point too yeah yeah it's basically their spore drive i guess but um, right. I didn't like hate the issue or anything. No. I kind of like I give it three X's, but tentatively. Like if this ends up being more important, yeah, it like it feels like it could be more important. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it felt weird. It felt yeah. Cool. It, it it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me right now. Yeah, if it could pay off in the future, totally. But like the the choice of costume and this weird manner of teaching this guy a lesson feels weird yeah like the only plus i could think of is the fact that maybe this is supposed to be showing xavier or magneto has grown out of his normal ways i guess but what a weird way to do that that's a weird way to do and also we know based off house and power of x where one of the morals is xavier magneto eventually always split yeah they made that very clear sinister always betrays kokoa eventually and Magneto and Xavier do not stay together forever. Which we can be seen, which can be seen as they've already split once. They've already split once and they've always butted heads and they've always had different beliefs. And we've seen we've seen the hints, I think, of a possible civil war storyline. Yeah. Where characters have very different beliefs in how things should be run. Yes. I I totally agree that that might be a, a thing in the next couple of years. Yeah. So yeah, I gave it three X's. What do I do? Yeah, I gave it three X's too on that one. It, I, I was too confused for too long to give it any more X's, but like I liked it. Yeah, like I was enjoying the ride while it happened, but I like really, after it, I was just like, why though? I, I love that we have our first Araco mutant, um, Araki, right? Is that what I was we were trying not to call? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that we have our first one. It's pretty cool. That, well, there was a panel in, I think, Way of X that had Atlantic and Pacific Krakoa. Yeah. And that had another thing that's like said pending. Yeah, I noticed like, that one too. Yeah. Is that supposed to be Akaroa? I don't know. I don't think. Maybe they're growing another island. That could be a thing. Who knows? I don't know. But yes, that is the books for today. 
I believe next time we'll be covering Cable, New Mutants, X-Force, and something else. X-Men Legends. X-Men Legends. Yes. So there it is, folks. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. If you have any input, anything you want to talk about, any crazy books you want us to mention and read, maybe we'll do it. Anything you want to say, Josh, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter. I'm oh. at Xbrarian. It's librarian with an X. And you can find me at Madman3005 and tell me how much you don't like us on our side tangents. And guess what? You can just skip it. He might put a time code. That's all. There might honestly be a lot of it that didn't make the cut anyway. So It's fair, yeah. <laughs> I would get it. We ramble sometimes. We don't see each other regularly anymore. And yes. we just catch up. That's just what it is. Yeah, man. so sometimes I have to end up cutting what were great conversations, to be honest. But like. Yeah. Hey, they don't add much to the podcast itself and it just takes up people's time. <laughs> anyway. Here to ramble on. anyway, guys, thank you for everything. We appreciate it. Tell a friend, tell your parents when your parents are sleeping, turn on the background, let it play all the episodes. We appreciate it. And until then we'll see you on the other side of the gate because you can't get through because you're not really a mutant next time.